Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, oh, why is it that I always do this in the morning? It's all good. This is just what life looks like behind the scenes. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Bliss Report. It is Thursday. It is Dr. Sasheen, and we are back. Back, back, and backers. So it is sexy and hot Thursday where we talk about things that keep our fabulously wonderful life clicking on all cylinders in terms of our dating, our relationships, our desires, our um, need to feel like women in the world who are not just mothers or CEOs or entrepreneurs or employees or, you know, caretakers or, or whatever, wherever we are in that. We also are women, women with desires, women with needs, women with the, um, with the kind of right to feel good about ourselves. Yeah. And to embrace the hotness. We got to embrace the hotness, y'all. We are not just talking about hot girl summer. We're talking about hot women all year round, <laughs> all year round. And the first person that cracks the menopause joke, I'm going to hit them. So, okay. It is Thursday. It is Dr. Sasheen. Thank you for listening, whether you're on the treadmill, on the Peloton, over your first cup of coffee, in the car, on the go, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Bliss Report. It is always my pleasure to come and have a chat with you this morning about we're going to talk about dating today. It is a hot topic in the over 40 club. Actually, it's a hot topic in every age bracket, but I'm going to stick with what I know, okay, which is the over 40 club and dating after a significant relationship, dating after divorce. And today I want to talk about five mistakes that I think that women make um, based on research that I've done, both anecdotal and scientific observation or at least anecdotal observation and scientific research. And um, just five things, five mistakes that I think that women make when they're getting back into the dating scene after a significant relationship, after a divorce, after some time spent in one phase of life, getting into the next phase of life can be daunting and, um, at the best of times. Dating in that new phase of life can feel crazy. I mean, 2021's dating scene, 2020, 2021, it's nuts. It was nuts before the pandemic. Listen, when we're talking masks and social distancing and, you know, questions that we now have to ask people about everything that we didn't have to think about before, dating is a mess and a half. However, we're still doing it. We're still doing it in droves. <laughs> we're still out there because we've still decided, and rightfully so, human nature being what it is, we still want to talk to people. We want to get to know someone. We want to spend some time having adult conversations about something that doesn't have anything to do with necessarily what we, what we do for a living or our children or our social causes or our political leanings. Like we want to have a good time. So today we're going to talk about um, what I see are five mistakes that women make when they start dating again and why I do believe that online dating apps um, are Thank you. That online dating apps are a great way to start your dating life, but you want to be selective on which apps you use. We'll get into it afterward from our sponsor. All right. So listeners, let's talk about this. Think about dating. First of all, there's so many things, right? <laughs> all the things come up and that can feel really overwhelming, especially if you've been in a relationship with someone for a long period of time that whom you may have met 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and that's the only person that you've been with, or even five years ago, and you've just been with that one person, like you did all the work, 
to, to get that person. And now you got to start over again. Holy heavens, right? And so there are so many things to think about. All these factors. Um, Do you want to date younger? Do you want to date older? Is there a socioeconomic barrier that you would prefer not to go below or or um, or even if there's one that you prefer not to go above? Um, is location important? Do you want someone that you can see every day? Are you good with the long term or excuse me, a long distance relationship? What kind of activities do you want this person to be involved in? What kind of activities do you want to become invo- involved in? Um, what kind of job? Oh, goodness gracious. What kind of job do you do you want them to have or, or what kind of uh, um, vocations are important to you or appealing to you? And then there's the looks factor. Tall, short, big, small, muscular, um, more love, more love sizes, I like to call call men. Um do you want a gym rat? Do you want a runner? <laughs> do you want long hair, short hair, fades? Do you want close crop? Do you need beards, not facial hair, no facial hair? Okay, the list of things to think about when it comes to dating apps and, and, and putting all that information is why a lot of people, excuse me, <clears throat> hire dating coaches and uh, spend the money to let somebody else interview them and do all that work. And that's one of the things that I want to stress to you if you are a woman who is um, getting back out into the dating scene and you are a professional woman who has a robust robust life, you might want to get some help in the dating in, in the dating world. Like there's a coach for everything, absolutely everything. There are even shows on, um, so there used to be shows, I believe, on this very thing, hiring a dating consultant, hiring a dating professional to help you get dates, to help you get out there because you don't actually have time necessarily to do some of the legwork (laughs) that is required. And there's nothing wrong with that. Lives are very busy. Women are doing a lot of things. We do, we do all the things and then some. And so it, it can be very helpful if you choose to, to hire an, uh, an agency or a personal coach to help you find the dates. And then you get to go on the dates, but a personal coach or dating agency will take the time to get to know you and then match you with people that they believe would be appropriate, which takes some of the legwork off of you. You still got to get out there. You still got to, you know, put on your your glad rags, put on your high heels or whatever you're going to wear, get the hair done, get the makeup done, get the nails done, get the pedicure. Um, and you still got to be the one that shows up. But there's nothing wrong with making the legwork part of that on someone else. Now, obviously, attraction is... A very personal thing. But even if you are saying, well, I would never use someone to help me find dates because they're not going to know what I'm attracted to. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a pretty clear idea of what's attractive and not. They're going to send me this person's picture and I'm going to say, okay, or not. Because let's be clear, whether you're swiping yourself or someone sending you a picture, it's just a picture. That's it. It's either yes or no. If it's a no, they get, they go back to the dating pool or you just keep swiping. So either way, attraction is very superficial it only comes into it in the beginning to say, yes, I'd like to get to know this person better or nope, I don't think I want to hang out with this person. And it just moves on. So who cares if it comes through a ping on your phone from match.com sending you a text message about a new possible match or your dating coach or dating agency saying, hey, we've got five or six matches that we believe would be great for you. You know, we'd like to set up time for you to view them. Either way, you still got to go on the date. <laughs> you still got to say yes to the date. All right. So let's talk about, let's back up a second before we get to the, to the date part. Um, what I want you to think about is your reason for wanting to get back out into the dating world. And loneliness is a legitimate reason, but there, there are things that I want to talk about before we jump into the five mistakes that you want to avoid. 
The first is not taking the time to move on from your previous relationship. And that leads into our first, uh, one of the first mistakes that we make. But time is actually important for getting back out into the dating world. Um, you may have done a lot of grieving and been ready to move on and like, okay, that relationship is done. I've had all the therapy that I needed. I've worked through my issues. I'm just ready to get moving. Um, but two weeks after the ink is dry on the divorce decree, it might be too soon. Just saying, just give it some thought. Give yourself some time because remember that list of stuff, <laughs> younger, short, younger, older, tall, short, socioeconomic, job, activity. Remember all that stuff that you get to think about as you get back out into the dating world? You got to decide who you're going to be in that space too. Like, who do you want to present in that space? Do you want to bring forth the woman that you were in your marriage or your significant long-term significant relationship? Or are you ready to try somebody new? Are you ready to be someone new? And if you are, then you got to get your own house in order first. You have to decide who you're going to be out in the dating streets. And then you have to decide how you want to present that person so that they see the you you want to be and not the you that you've always been. And that can take some time. So give yourself some time. And you can, I'm not saying don't date, but be aware that maybe your dating parameters are fluctuating um, because you are changing and you are growing and shifting into a new version of you. And that new version might take a little while to figure out exactly what they want. Um, and because of that, the tendency to date what we just left behind is really high. So for as much as the person that you were just with may have, in the end, it may not have been good. We still tend to gravitate towards some of the traits of the of the person that we just left. And in that space, what we're, what we're in essence trying to do is to recreate the early days of that relationship with a new person. That's just going to end up with you being really upset, really upset. And so uh, trying to do that because you haven't given yourself enough time between that relationship and, and hardcore dating tends to lead to that rebound relationship we hear so much about. The one that can be fantastic in the beginning, but in the end, you have to leave behind because you realize, oh, I didn't really want this anymore. I already had this. And I don't really want this. So, you know, just understand that if you don't take the time, if you don't give yourself enough time to move through some of the process of getting over the, the previous relationship, then you're more likely to end up in a new relationship that looks just like the old one and you're not going to be very happy with your dating life. And you're going to feel like, well, this isn't working. I'm not meeting the people that I want to meet. This all feels like too much work. Let's not get frustrated. Let's have fun. That's the point. Which leads me into my second point. Date because it's fun. I, there are so many women, so many women who are like, dating is the key, is, is the path to lead to this. If it's not leading over here, then there's just no point in doing it. That's fantastic. You should probably think about staying home more, um, especially in this day and age, because yes, dating may lead to marriage, but a lot of people are dating just because it's a, just to date. It's a recreation for them. It's what they like to do. They like the variety. They like being able to meet a lot of people. They like going out and doing different things. Um, and that can be very frustrating if your goal is marriage. And I hear this a lot, not a lot, but enough from women saying, you know, men aren't serious or what, you know, or even women aren't serious. Um, when, you know, they're just dating, they're just out in these dating streets just to be out. Yes. Some people are actually very serious about being out in the dating streets, just dating, having a good time, hooking up with people, um, hooking up in the physical sense and in the social sense, enjoying a beer after work with someone who you don't have to worry about marrying because that's not the purpose of this date. This date is to get together with someone that you've been 
talking to or someone new, have a drink. I don't like beer, glass of wine or whiskey. Um, Have a drink, have some conversation, decompress and then move on. So you need to become really clear about the fact that dating is supposed to be fun. (laughs) Number one, Um, if you're dating with an agenda, that's great. Just own your agenda and tell it to people up front so that they know exactly what it is. Don't hide behind the, oh, yes, I'm just out here doing my thing. But really, you've got an eye towards, you know, are you going to make a good stepfather? Are you going to be able to keep up with me? Okay, that's one of my dating mistakes. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, But dating is supposed to be fun. So give yourself permission to actually have fun. Okay, it's okay to say, I just want to (laughs) date. I just I don't want to have to commit. I don't want to have to do someone's laundry right now. I don't want to have to commit to cooking dinner seven nights a week or splitting the bills or, or, or all the things that I just left behind. I just want to, I want someone who wants to be around on Friday and Saturday. And if that's not one someone, it could be multiple someone. And this is where people get, get really confused about why it seems like people don't want to commit. You have to understand that motivations for dating are very different. Not everyone's looking for someone to be around seven days a week. Not everyone's looking for the same person to talk to you every week. Not everyone's looking for the long term. You have to decide what's important to you and that can morph and change. So don't think just because you just want to date right now that that won't change to, okay, I'm ready to think about more long term relationship building. And so you look at dating with different eyes, but you got to figure out where your eyes are, where your eyes are, where your gaze is in your dating um, experience and what your dating realm needs to look like, and then go for that. And if you really do want to get married and you really do are ready for that next long-term relationship, then date smart and strategic and daggone it, get yourself a good dating coach to help you find that person. Because like I said, these dating streets are messy. The pandemic, COVID-19, mask wearing, social distancing, six feet or more apart, indoor vaccination requirements, all of this stuff. Dating is messy, y'all. It's messy. And because it's messier than it's ever been, (laughs) ever been in the history of messiness, um, you're going to need to think about it more strategically. And thinking about it strategically means deciding which way is the best way to bring people to you or for you to get to people who fit the parameters that you have. Okay, so let's get into the five mistakes that you want to avoid as you get into your dating groove again. Number one is probably one of the most egregious. And I think it's something that happens a lot when women especially get out of and and men too. Now I'm not letting y'all off the hook out there, gentlemen. But you start dating too soon. And that is using your dates as therapy sessions. Because dating is not supposed to be Uh, a paid therapy session. It's not therapy over a glass of wine. The person that you're going on the date with is not necessarily there or really wants to hear about how terrible your relationship was, how much you're struggling now, how hard it is to be a fill in the blank. Um, That If you are walking into a date and you're not emotionally ready to, to release what's happened to you to in the past to the point where you can at least enjoy the moment, then you're not ready to date. And that's a huge mistake. It's a huge, huge, huge mistake that women, especially women make, but some men too. Um, Yes, your date may be sympathetic. Yes, they may be empathetic. Yes, they may feel as though this is a really hard time for you and they're happy to listen, but that's a lot to lay on a date. (laughs) That is a lot to lay on the date that is probably not really ready to be your personal therapist. And so if you're finding yourself spending more time 
talking about your past relationship and the things that you learned. I mean, it might have been a great conversation. Here's what I've learned and I've been going through therapy and I understand now that this was his issue and this was my issue. All that sounds great. Save it for your therapist's office. Save it for your girlfriend's ear. Don't sit across the table and chat with your date about all the ins and outs of your therapy sessions or not therapy sessions or all the ins and outs of your previous relationship. Remember, you're also wanting to figure out who you are moving forward. And this date is an opportunity for you to present yourself as you want this person to see you. And do you want them to see you as someone who needs to be saved because she's you, she, or he is not quite over what they just came through? Because you'll find someone to save you, but you may not like the price that you have to pay to get saved. It may not be what you were hoping for. And so number mistake number one is using dating as a therapy session. And that's something that you really have to not to do if you want your dating life to be successful. Number two, uh, treating every date like it's a job interview for the significant other position. If you're ready for a significant other, that is fantastic. I mean, I think it's wonderful if you want to marry again or get into a long-term relationship again. However, every date is not... Uh, uh, should not, excuse me, should not be an interview session for a significant other position. So let's say you're, you're dating someone and you've gone on a couple of dates and you're really digging this person. I mean, I'm dating myself. I don't care. Uh, you know, my language kind of tells you how old I am, but you're really into this person and you think there's something special two or three dates in. That's wonderful. Bite your tongue before you start interviewing them about all the intricacies of their life with the eye towards, well, could you potentially be my mate? Um, I work with, <laughs> I work with a lot of people. Uh, and sometimes I have to remind people that not every person that you are interested in being your significant other is ready to be that person. And you want to, to catch people where they are. And if you treat every date as if it has to be the it's either going that direction or it's not and if it's not I'm cutting it off that's fine but you're going to miss out on just having a good time with some amazing people who may not be ready to be your significant other they may in fact not be ready they maybe maybe they don't ever want to settle down or maybe they will at some point but they're just getting to know you and they're not there yet the point is if you look at every every possible date as a potential for long-term commitment you have jumped way further along in the date than the timing would would have you believe is happening first dates are just that they're just first dates do you like me are you attracted to me do you like how I look do you like how I smell second date okay let's talk let's talk some more let's get into a little um, more fun conversation let's go on a fun activity let's see how we mesh together for a couple of dates, third date, okay, you know, maybe we could do a a more robust activity together. I'm not talking about sex, but if it's sex, knock yourself out. But maybe we spend some time, you know, in more depth conversation. Maybe I introduce you to something that I like that I think is important to me and see how you react to that. Fourth date, you know, there's a, there's a pattern here that you can get into that can lead to potentially being the significant other. But the first two or three dates shouldn't feel like you're being interviewed for the position of stepmother or stepfather. They shouldn't feel like you're in the, you're being interviewed for, okay, so do you, how much money do you make and where do you want to live and how much house do you think is important? Do you believe in retirement? What do you, what what are your thoughts about this? Okay. That needs to wait for most like dates down the road. And all of that is, is can be extremely hard for a date who just really wants to get to know you. Um, but if you want to get married, again, if that's the goal of your dating life is to once again become a couple, then you want to make sure that you have that in your head, 
but you don't want to make that every every person that you meet isn't going to fit that bill and every first date shouldn't be a job interview <laughs> for that position. Number three, third mistake. Third mistake, okay. It's really, um, this one's kind of personal because I am a single mom and I'm talking to single parents out here. Thinking that mistake number three is thinking that an aversion to something at the moment can be overcome in the future. And I say that, and, and I'm not just talking to single parents, don't get me wrong, but this is this is really important to single parents. Thinking that an aversion to children or some profile that says doesn't really want kids, not really into kids, thinking that that's a malleable factor that can be changed if they really like you in the future is going to cause you a lot of headache. If you So they may not say it in their profile. Let's say you go on a date and you said in your profile that you, you, know, you have kids um, or, they've, or you've bumped into each other in a coffee shop and decided to meet for coffee and they don't know you have kids yet, but it comes up that you have kids. And the person across the table from you is like, oh, that's awesome. I've never really seen myself as someone who wants kids or I'm not really ready for kids. That's a clue that the person across the table from you is not going to be the person who comes five dates in and, and really embraces being the potential step for your children. And I know someone out there is going to go, hang on a second, because when I met my significant other, I had kids and they didn't have kids. And over time, they really came to love my kids. And I'm like, that's great. That's not the rule. That's the exception. People who love kids and are open to the possibility of dating people with kids will tell you. They'll tell you. They don't hide it. They like kids. They might have their own or they just might like kids and they're perfectly happy to to have children as part of the dating life. They understand that that may become part of the reality of, of dating you. And that's great. But what is not great is setting yourself up and setting your family up for the idea that, well, you say that you don't really love kids, but I think because I like you and I think you like me, I think that over time you'll learn to love kids. Listen, you only have to look at news footage from the past 20, actually, you can go back 200 years to see what happens when women get with men who don't really like their kids, okay? That is never a place that you want to get to. And those red flags tend to show up very early. And this is true for men as well. So please listen, because this is really important. Those red flags show up super early. The aversion to children is not going to go away with time. They're not going to fall in love with your child if they don't want to be a parent and they don't want kids and they have no real interest in children because disinterest is also pretty bad. They have no real interest in children. Your children aren't going to change their minds and your relationship is going to suffer because of that. And so please understand that in dating, when you're getting to know someone, if you have children, you're a package deal, right? Like we, we, we come as a unit. But we don't come as a unit on the first date <laughs> or probably the second date or the third or fourth date. In fact, I have a hard, a pretty hard rule about when a potential anybody meets my child. I have a, um, I, my, me myself have some rules that guide my dating life because I am a part of a package deal. And it's important for my package deal to understand that they come first, my dating life comes second, and I'm not going to introduce someone to them until I know <laughs> that I, I am comfortable enough for them to be around my child, period. So. Please understand now, whether it's kids or any other thing, right, whether it's religion or politics, whatever the thing may be, 
Please stop thinking that an aversion to something can be overcome with just time and exposure to you and that in the end, they will learn to love it or they'll learn to get over it because that is a mistake that can be very costly out here in these dating streets, okay? All right, Uh, mistake number four. And I've already covered this one a bit, so I'm not going to get on it too long because I want to make sure I, I respect our 30 to 40 minute barrier that I, I'm trying to keep us to because it's a drive to the work, right? It's on the Peloton. It's that hard, that hard minute when you're running on the treadmill and you're listening to me and you're like, okay, Dr. Sashin, you got 10 more minutes. Okay. Number four, not knowing why you're dating. Okay. You got to know why you're out there. What do you want? If you want sex, date for sex. If you want someone to play sports with, date somebody who plays sports. Go hang out every weekend and play volleyball together. If you are looking for companionship, date for a companionship. Maybe you don't ever want to get married again, but you would be lovely to have someone that you hung out with a couple times a week. Great, date for that. If you want to get married, fine, date for that. But you need to know why you're dating. Because if you don't know why you're dating, then you're out here in these dating streets and you're like frustrated because you can't figure out why you're not getting what you want. Why am I not getting what I want? I'm dating all of these people. I'm I'm going on these dates. I'm doing this thing and I'm still not getting what I want. Well, what do you want? What do you want? pregnant pause because you've got to insert the answer to that question in your for your own self like you have to decide what it is that you want in your dating life and then you act according to that parameter um and please don't judge like there are people out there for whom dating is it's a contact sport okay they're in it to to get as many bodies as they can that's fine there are people out there for those people you stay in your lane you decide what you want. You decide how, how what you're open to in your dating world and then you pursue that thing and let everybody else do their own thing, okay? But you gotta decide why you're out in these dating streets. And if you don't know why you're out in the dating streets yet, don't get out there. Dating can be hard and it's, it's expensive, it's time consuming and in this day and age, it requires a lot of logistics, <laughs> a lot of logistics before we actually get out to the date. So please know why you're going out there And again, if it's just because you're lonely, that's legitimate. But know going into it that you are lonely. This person seemed nice and appealing. You said yes. And hopefully for the time that you all together, you're no longer lonely, which means that date has served its purpose. It did exactly what it was supposed to do, alleviate some loneliness. And then you go back to your world and figure out how to alleviate that loneliness on a long-term basis so that you can date more for fun as opposed to alleviation of loneliness. All right. And then number one. Oh man, number one, the number one mistake, number one mistake, number one mistake out in these dating streets that I see people making is dropping your intimacy barriers too soon. Okay, there are two barriers of intimacy that I'm going to talk about here real briefly, sex and emotional. I, you all are grown people. If you're listening to me, hopefully you're over the age of 18. Okay, having said that, you decide when you are ready to have sex on dates period. You decide. If you decide to have sex on the first date because that attraction was instinctual, animal, and good, no one can tell you differently. And I am not here to judge. No shame, no shade. You decide when you want to get physical with someone in dating. That's that's entirely up to you. There are no right and wrong answers. I will just say, check with your date. If you're going to, if you've chosen to be celibate until marriage, tell that to somebody. So they're not assuming that there's a possibility, especially if they're someone who hasn't made that same choice. Okay, Um, but if you're open to other possible ways of being physical with your person in the dating in in the dating pathway that you're on, as long as they're consenting adults, then I have nothing to do with this. 
Now, one of my hard and fast dating rules is about coming to my home. Because again, I have a single mother. I have a child. I have a life. I have a whole world that exists behind the scenes. And so I have a hard and fast dating rule that simply says first dates never come to my house. They don't know where I live. They don't get to pick me up. I will either take a car service to my to the location or I'll drive myself. Um, second date's probably also not coming to my house. Third date, probably still not coming to my house. And I do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, again, I have a small child. He's eight. Um, beautiful boy. Loves his mama. I love him. This is his sanctuary. When I introduce someone into the sanctuary, into the inner kingdom, as I like to say, it's because I have vetted that person because I have done my due diligence as much as I can. I mean, nobody's perfect, obviously, but I've done the the necessary work to make sure that I'm comfortable with them in a social setting, that there are no red flags that I can pick up so far and that they've done the work to prove, to show me that they're also trustworthy. Okay. Out in these dating streets, there's a lot of folks who are catfishing, who are not who they say they are, who are looking to take advantage of people. We know what's out here in the dating world. We hear the horror stories, but some common sense precautions can help to minimize that impact in your world. So dropping the barriers, um, dropping the intimacy barriers too soon can lead to a lot of things that you just don't want. So like I said, I have a rule that first dates never pick me up. They don't come to my house. They don't know where I live. I don't give them my address. Um, I have se- I have several phone numbers <laughs> um, that I have for one for business. I have one personal and two for business. I make, I, I put some barriers between myself and dates because I understand that it may not work out. It just may not work out. And I don't necessarily need this person to continue to call me or to be a pest to me um, and to try to insert themselves into my world if I don't want them there. And what I see happening too often is in the quest to just have some company uh, or to get back out into the dating world or to think that the dating world has not changed, thinking that it's still the same as it was 5, 10, 15 years ago, people are making a lot of mistakes about intimacy barriers. They're letting people into their intimate worlds way too fast, way, way too fast. So women, single mamas or single period, that first date, put yourself, if you don't have a car, hire yourself a car. Hire, take a cab, take a taxi, take an Uber, take a Lyft, um, Lyft preferably. Take a Lyft, take an Uber, take a taxi, take a car service, whatever the case may be. That first date, he doesn't need to come pick you up. I know it's very romantic. It feels really romantic, but it also puts a lot of intimacy immediately into a situation where this is a total stranger. You could have spent hours on the online messaging back and forth. You might've talked on the phone a lot, feel like you have a real affinity, feel like you know each other. You don't know each other yet. You really don't know each other until you have spent physical time together. And that first physical encounter should not be on your doorstep. Okay. It should be someplace where both of you are in neutral territory. You can't say something happened. He can't say he can't be accused of something. You see where I'm going with this? This protects everyone in the dating, in the dating game. So make that first date someplace neutral, someplace fun or dinner or coffee, or I always think dinner on the very first date is a lot of work, a lot of emotional work when I just want to kind of see if there's any, any vibing, any gelling. So I prefer lunch or coffee or tea or even ice cream. I like ice cream. Um, yeah. And so I'm really, it makes me really excited when that first date isn't just dinner. (laughs) Um, if it could be dinner and something, but that first date, I really like it when it's something a little more, a little more low key. Because when I ready to glam up for dinner, baby, you're going to know that I'm in the room, okay? Because I will be making a statement. Anyway, back to my point. 
Um, that first date, try, int- if you introduce intimacy too quickly into the dating game, then when things start to get too intimate and you and you feel hemmed in, you are less likely to back out. And this is how we get into relationships with people that we don't really want to be in relationships with because we drop the intimacy barriers entirely too soon. And yes, right now I am preaching from this pulpit to the to the 40 plus year old people choir, okay? It is not the same dating world of 20 years ago or even 15 years ago or even 10 years ago. The internet has collapsed time. It's also sped things up right? And it's made life a lot more harrowing out in these dating streets. And so by bringing someone into it, the minute you bring someone into your home, you have collapsed an intimacy barrier. They're now in your space. They now know your routine. They're in your space. They can see how they can see how you live, where you live, who you live with, how your, your life is set up. You need to make sure that the person who can see all of that, you want them to see all of that. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, throwing a party for the PTA because I'm the PTA president or something and I need to have people over. That's collapsing a barrier of intimacy in a different way. When you are dating, let's be very clear. When you are dating and you're kind of getting to know each other and you're getting into the groove of potentially dating, you know, second date, third date, that intimacy barriers, they, they start to come down. You begin to reveal more things. You begin to talk about more things, fourth or fifth date, coming over, kind of seeing, getting the lay of the land. You might have already had sex or sex might be coming. So that anticipation is building. All kinds of things are happening. Take your pace and slow it down a fraction. And remember that every at every stage, you need to check in with yourself and say, okay, is this where I want to be? Is this where I want to be? And the sooner you collapse barriers of intimacy, the faster those questions come and the answer may not be yes, but you're already on this train and you feel like the momentum is building and you don't know how to stop it. And I'm telling you now that as you collapse barriers of intimacy, as you collapse barriers of intimacy, you will find yourself on a track that you don't want to be on if you haven't given yourself the space to embrace the first intimacy barrier that's been breached. Breathe into it. Ask yourself the question of, is this where I want to be? And then if the answer is yes, okay, let's just sit here for a bit. Let's sit here for a bit. And then we move to the next barrier of entry, the barrier of intimacy. And and that also means the emotional barriers. Before you start professing love on date number four, because you have this amazing connection, ask yourself the real hard question. Have I seen this person on a bad day yet? Because I'm not sure that I have. Because four dates in, we're all still on really good behavior, barring some major catastrophe. We're about six dates in. We're still on pretty darn good behavior here. I haven't seen this person stressed out. I don't know what they're like when they get upset. I have no clue what they might feel like when, you know, the shit hits the fan. Excuse my language. I don't know how they treat their family. I don't, I, do they have a relationship with their parents? What are their best friends like? You don't have any of those answers yet. So you might think you're falling in love and you might actually be falling in love. But again... By dropping intimacies, uh, intimacy barriers too soon, you find yourself on a train that may become a runaway train and you might end up seeing yourself in a relationship that you just didn't want to be in. And now you got to extricate yourself from that. And whoa, boy, is that going to take a lot of work. So these are the five mistakes that I see being made. And so these are the five mistakes that I want you to avoid as you're getting yourself back into the dating game. Yes, dating is messy. Yes, it's crazy in 2021 and going to be crazy going forward. Yes, there are a lot of obstacles and barriers, but let's face it, we're humans. We want to date. We want to get out. We want to have fun. Just do it smart. 
take the time to do your due diligence. Know why you're getting out there in these streets. Don't make these five dating mistakes and ultimately get some help, right? There are a ton of dating apps out there, a ton of them. But I actually think the best way to approach dating for women of a certain age and a certain place in life is to get some personal personal, personal, personalized to you dating help and allow someone to help you figure out who you want to date and then bring you those kinds of people. It's 2021. We don't have to do what we did before to find the love that we want in the future. What we do have to do is know ourselves and get some help figuring out the rest. That's it today, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Please leave a rating, a review on whatever streaming service you listen to me on. Subscribe and help me grow the Bliss Tribe, grow our listeners out there. Leave me a comment on Facebook or Instagram. Follow the Bliss Doctor there. And I'm also on Twitter. Follow the Bliss Doctor there. Tell me how your dating life's going. Are you out in these dating streets? Are you having some fun? Are you getting your your dating groove on what's going on with you and ultimately I hope that all of you are dating I do I want you all to be dating and I hope that you're dating for the right reasons the ones that are right for you you're taking precautions and you're just having a pretty darn good time because let me tell you something 40 is kind of fabulous and dating is kind of fun take care everyone and I'll see you tomorrow bye